I'm Dean Jackson. He's Joe Polish. And this is the I Love Marketing Podcast. Everybody, it's Dean Jackson and Joe Polish, and here we are. We're live uh, in Atlanta, Georgia, together. Yes, it's in your hotel room. Yeah, this is very exciting. <laughs> if only we had this on video, you can see. <laughs> we're just cuddled, cuddled up in the bed, not per se, but we're right. here. <laughs> and it's kind of close quarters. I mean, this is funny. We've got the uh, we got a you know my Apple Air kind of propped up a recording. Uh, you know, on on a on my luggage, uh, so that we can kind of have it really kind of high up, so that me and Dean hopefully get the best sound recording. I personally think I'm a little closer to the mic, so I probably sound. You want me to a little closer? You should. I think I you can should, do just for the benefit of our I love marketing there we uh, go. audience. And so yeah, so today we're going to uh, we're going to talk about uh, maybe clarify some confusion that some of our uh, listeners have had on the uh, recent ad clinics, and talk a little bit about, you know, going back to, uh, you know, yeah. before units, during units. Well, that's the units. thing. I think this uh, it, I think this would be a great time for us to kind of talk exclusively about the before unit. Talk about exclusively? What, Are you I saying mean, we're not going to talk anything about during Nothing and after? about during, nothing about after. Just like thinking about this as just the before unit. And, you know, I was, I was telling you that what I see when I'm looking at the ads, when we're, we did the ad clinic episode, and it's not uncommon. I mean, I see it all the time when people uh, bring their ads that the before unit really makes up the, the first three profit activators. So right. Select your single target market, compel your prospects to call you and educate and motivate them to meet you. So the, the, Thing that I see a lot is that people in their ads are putting number two and number three together. They're trying to compel people to call, but they're also trying to educate and motivate them to, to buy or to meet or to do whatever the, the next step is. They're trying to do too much in the, in the ads. Yeah. And let me, let me say something to that too. Cause I mean, I had to go through that process, uh, in the beginning and still have to remind myself continuously because even the best uh, trained marketers, uh, you know, they're, they're impatient. Yeah. Uh, one thing that about a successful trade of driven entrepreneurs is that they um, operate out of a sense of urgency. They want to get results now. And of course, you know, a great definition of marketing is the quickest path to the sale. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it, it's kind of like, you know, you want things to, go as fast as possible, but not so fast that you undermine the effectiveness of the promotions. And that's exactly what you're talking about, where, you know, I used to, you know, test running ads where I would uh, drive people to call a free recorded message as an example. But on the free recorded message, I would find myself getting into selling what it is that they're calling the free recorded message for. In that particular case, when I first started doing this back in 1992 uh, is when I first ran my first free recorded message ad. Uh, way before the internet and all yeah. that, just to remind everyone that's like, you know, uh, 20 years old or whatever. Remind everyone that we're old. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we're yeah old. <laughs> you know, but, but the point is, is like I would start going into selling what was being offered in the free report. Right. And you have to kind of step back and say, you know, 
one step at a time mm -hmm. because you, you know, you even if you have the greatest product or service in the world, you have to engage the person and they have to identify themselves. So why don't you take everyone through the psychology of that process, right. maybe explain again, uh, cheese and whiskers. Yeah, because so that's really, that does apply the most to this, that, um, you know, in the cheese and the more cheese, less whiskers episode, which I would recommend if you're thinking about your before unit, that's exactly uh, that's one of the best episodes that you can listen to to get that mindset that um, often the desire that people have is to use the ad for so many purposes. I mean, they think about the, um, you know, they think about the ad as their opportunity to get their name out there and, you know, their, their way to um, let everybody know who they are. And I mean, even I, I give you a couple of examples of just doing some consulting with, uh, with a gentleman who was running an ad in a lifestyle magazine. He just sent me the ad to, to comment on because the advertiser, you know, we did a, uh, you know, a completely blind, just cheese ad and the magazine sent a, a an email to the guy saying, um, are you, are you sure you don't want to put your company name and logo and, and stuff in this ad? Because most of the time people find that's a good brand building thing, right, you know? Right. Yeah. Like the, the ad people are, the, the magazine people are trying to get them to, uh, you know, to, to brand it. And I, right. I, I this happens all the time the, because I did. I got to say something about this too. Yeah. Like you, when you start using contrarian to what right. the advertisers MO is or what they typically see, which is usually ineffective brand building, no offer, you know, sort of advertising, you know, in a lot of places, if you're doing, you know, offline space ads where there's, right. you know, filled with copy, you know, you'll start hearing things like it's too cluttered. I mean, anyway, my point is, is that you have to be careful whose advice you're taking. And when it's coming from the person or company that you're actually giving them money to, and they start thinking maybe with good intentions yeah. that they're giving the advertisers good advice. If you're new into this, you have to put blinders on to what other people are saying. Not You nothing. can't second guess it, right? Yeah, because you will. they will try to talk you out of doing effective advertising. Yeah. And in some cases, they're not even trying to do it on purpose. They just don't understand any better. And what I learned early on is there's a huge difference between someone who's effective at selling advertising versus having advertising that is effective right. and that works. They're two different things. Oh, yeah. You know, I know Yellow Page people, like, from way back when. Like, one of my very dear friends from high school was one of the top sales uh, Yellow Page reps, uh, you know, in, in Arizona. I mean, she, like, for years made six-figure income selling Yellow Page yeah. advertising. And she was a great person. Right. However, she had no experience in direct response. Right. She didn't, you know, I mean, her... The best thing for her is a client that you know, would run name rank serial number like ads. everybody else. Yeah, it makes it easy. Yeah, yeah, you know, and then all of a sudden you see one with a free recorded message. You know, even yellow pages would hate you know warning. You know, right? Anything that's contrary. So to your point, not to completely go off on a tangent here. The the point is, is I really want to highlight what you just said because yeah. that you know you can construct great advertising just to have it undermined by someone yeah. who doesn't know what the hell they're talking about. So, you know, are you sure you want to do that? And then all of a sudden you start second guessing. You're saying, well, yeah, maybe I should put my name in there somewhere. Maybe I should squeeze it in there. And then all of a sudden you've just ruined uh, what could potentially be a killer yeah. ad. So another example, I did a full page ad in a big uh, newspaper for a realtor in 
Kansas, a real estate company. And it was, you know, most of the companies run ads that look just like everybody else's ad. They got the big banner at the top with their company logo and their slogan and then all the houses underneath it. And, you know, so we did a full page ad that looked like a feature article that had, you know, all kinds of compelling stuff on there, featured some houses, but in a format that kind of looked like the newspaper was doing a feature on these great deals that you could get. And so the guy, you know, he ran the ad, got more calls than they'd ever gotten on, on any of their real estate ads. But he got a call from one of his friends who said, you know, dude, you spent all that money on that ad. You didn't put your logo in there. Nobody even knows it's your ad. Right, right. <laughs> Nobody right. even knows it's your ad. Yet more people called than any other ad yeah. they've even run. And you have to, like, you have to get used to bypassing that, that you don't care that, that people know that it's your ad. All you care about is that people who are your prospects call because it's all cheese. It's not about you at all. You know, well, see that, that, that goes back to, if you want to be the most effective as a direct response person, as a marketer, as an advertiser, as much as you can leave your ego, uh, you know, by the door when you mm-hmm. go out, right. uh, the better off you're going to be because brand building, uh, name recognition, advertising, for the most part, first and foremost, feeds the ego of the owner yes. and, and, and the company, the people yeah. that work for the company. Uh, and great direct response really feeds the, the value, benefits, pain of the marketplace. Yeah. And you want, you know, you want to give them cheese. That's what they want. And yeah, when if you were to hear comments like that from your friends, from other people, you start again. You start second guessing yourself. Well, but at the same time, the, you know you're in the arithmetic business. And if your conversion is great, if your response is great, if you're making money, if you if it's the highest response you've ever gotten, then who cares what anyone thinks? Right. See, there you said. So I want to go off now on something else that you said. That you look at if the return on investment is there. That's really what this is all about. That's the whole point of doing it is to create in your before unit a money multiplying system, a process that you can use predictably again and again and again to deliver people to your during unit. Yeah, you call it bankable results. Yeah, you, absolutely. We've, we've, you know, we've mentioned that on some episodes and stuff, but for the most part, um, am I being picked up okay here on the yeah, mic? I think, okay. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so... Um, because bankable results for the, the best, if we could wave a magic wand on mm-hmm. everyone that's listening to I Love Marketing, and out of all of the conversations we have, all the strategies, all the examples, all of the tangents I go on, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, what we want is our uh, listeners to have bankable results mm-hmm. uh, because that's awesome. Sorry, I'm going to put up that video of uh, us at my Evil Scheme Hatchery where we were talking about bankable results. We have a video about okay. that. Okay, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put that up with well, this then, episode. Perfect. Then, yeah. then go to ilovemarketing.com if you're listening to this on iTunes and uh, and watch that video. Uh, so what, what do you mean by that, bankable results? Because this, you know, when I said, you know, you're in the arithmetic business, that's something I heard Gary Halbert say years yeah. ago. And that's the beauty of direct response. It's not just getting your name out there. It's getting a response back. And it's something that can be trackable because if you can't track it, if you can't measure it, then you really don't know. And there's nothing worse than plain blind. Well, I look at it. So you did you see the video that I put up about uh, – predictability versus probability yes. where you put money in a vending machine mm-hmm. and you know exactly what you're getting. And the, the context that I set for people is just like a vending machine. You know, if you, you go to a vending machine, you've got lots of choices. You could 
put in your money and you could get a Coke or you could get a root beer or you could get a Sprite, whatever you want. You but you have a really to healthy one. bottle of water, but for the sake yeah. of the example, it's still good. <laughs> <laughs> or you can get a bottle of water, but you got to push, you got to, you can only push one button at a time. So it's that same kind of thinking that you want to take into creating a system. You know, right. where you, you select a single target market and then you have an ad or a postcard or a display ad or a, a anything that's going to compel them to identify themselves. That's all you're looking for, right? So when you look at it, if you do it right, You've got almost like you're, I use an analogy that you're setting up little oil wells, you know, that will continue to pump and, and work on their own to bring new prospects into your business. And so when you do that right, you know, the good news about creating before unit systems is that you can use automation, you can use technology, you can use other people to completely remove yourself from that process. You shouldn't have to be doing any of the work in your before unit to deliver people to, uh, to your during unit, but you're looking at it as a, as a money multiplier, you know? So we do for, for realtors, we have a company called moneymakingwebsites.com. Mm-hmm. And so we do an event every year with all of our, our clients come together. And what's amazing to me is that, they're all using exactly the same website because I've created it to be a, you know, a lead generating template, you right. know, a system right. that we duplicate just like Michael Gerber would talk about, you know, creating a franchise prototype that you can duplicate and it works the same in, in Orlando as it does in Phoenix, you know, the same kind of, uh, same kind of results. And it's driven by, buying visitors from Google AdWords. So we buy visitors from Google AdWords. They come to the website. 20% of them leave their name and their email address. And then we're building their list of people who they're communicating with to educate and motivate them to want to meet with them. So we've got all the drip email campaigns and stuff. But what drives it is the more visitors that you send to the site, the more leads that you get because the percentages are the same. So we've got people in the same room, maybe at the same table sometimes, who are sitting and they think about their advertising as um, an expense or a budget that they have for advertising. So a lot of them spend $10 a day, for example, on their AdWords budget. So they're spending $300 a month and they're generating thirty to fifty thousand dollars a year in, you know, commissions from deals that they do from their from their website. Right. Then they're sitting at the same table with people who are spending twenty dollars a day, or spending you know six hundred dollars a month, and are doing seventy to a hundred thousand dollars a year. Same website, same uh, thing, just you know that they're spending twice as much money. And then they're in the same room with with Tom Cook in Toronto spending $6,000 a month and doing a million dollars with the exact same website. And don't see the, you know, complete elasticity between the, the relationship between the amount of money that you spend on the front end 
is what you get out on the back end. It's yes. all, you know, yeah. so when you, when you start looking at that, what you're looking for is what would this look like if you push the accelerator pedal? What does it look like if you do it right with your before unit? You've got a predictable system that you know that if you send out a thousand postcards, you get X response and you convert that into so much money or you send out 10,000 postcards, you should, if you're doing it, you get 10 times that amount. It's all completely your choice when you, when you set up a before unit system that's based on direct response and you're, you've created the asset that gets people to call you and you've created the assets that convert those leads into appointments. And that's, so that's the, you know, we talk about the bankable results. Those are the the only things that you can do that are bankable results. The things that you can see as progress leading towards more money are leads. You can generate leads. You can generate appointments. You can get contracts and you could get closings or money, you know, whatever's coming from that. And we adapted it for uh, when we were doing the example on the whiteboard, we're talking about carpet cleaners. So you get leads, you get appointments, you get jobs and you get checks. That's really the progression that you go through. And you can do that at whatever volume you want. Yeah. uh, To to whatever degree your, your ability to manage it, you know, is and and the thing that, that Gary Halbert would always drill into people's heads is that if you want to get rich, um, you know, he would talk about it in the example of sending out letters. Mm -hmm. You know, you send out a thousand letters and you get X number of results. You take whatever profits left over and Dean's like... Taking a $2 bottle of water out of Joe's... Probably more than that. I don't like that because he reaches over uh, right in the middle of me trying to... But look, it says... uh, Look, it says, who's thirsty? Oh, purified water. Complimentary. So there you go. I'm taking your complimentary water. Yeah, real complimentary now because it's my last one. All right, so um, basically, um, right behind you, <laughs> um, Gary would Gary would uh, say that you know I would reinvest the the dollars that the profits that he would make off like the thousand and put it into you mm-hmm. know as many more letters as you can mail and ramp it up until you're mailing tens of thousands, hundreds right. of thousands, and, and the, the snowball he'd call that, yeah, yeah, and so you know that is the place that you want to get to. And it's a place that very few people ever get to, not because the strategies aren't available to right. them. As a matter of fact, we explain the strategies and have given away not only the strategies, the how to do it, the psychology, that, yeah. yeah, the exact templates. And anyone that came to our I Love Marketing conference, you know, got a whole book of uh, in, in examples mm-hmm. throughout the training. And if anyone that wants that stuff, you know, just get our I Love Marketing, you know, training program, which is the, the, uh, the videos, uh, of our, our, I love marketing event. You know, the, the, the thing is, is still people don't do it. And mm-hmm. I think the, the big reason a lot of people don't do it is for one, they haven't created it yet. So we need you to, to, to create that if you're going to get that. And secondly, um, you know, they just don't quite understand it. So you're going to hear us say things that in many ways are redundant, but the biggest thing that I've learned about uh, trainings, listening to ongoing trainings, reading books, is it's just the continual reminders of the fundamentals. And one of the fundamentals, you know, it's like <clears throat> I've done a lot of work in the in, in the, the world of exercise and, and fitness. I've mm-hmm. had a lot of clients that do that. And like, you know, how many different ways can you write articles like in a muscle magazine about, 
you know, how to lift weights. But there's like, you know, there's some fundamental moves like, you know, bench press, squat, and deadlift. Those are like three yeah. basic strength moves. Yeah. And if you want to be a power lifter, if you want to be strong, if you want to be a bodybuilder, you're going to do those. And so yeah. the more you just foundationally uh, become more effective at those moves, the better everything else yeah, is. Yeah, you don't need new fancier moves. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. That's kind of, that's exactly right. And I forget which book it was in, but I was reading years ago about learning and about how, um, you know, PBS and Sesame Street. And then there's a show called Blue's Clues for kids where what they do on Blue's Clues is they run one show all week. They run it the same episode all week. And the kids get more into it the more that they see it because they it's a kind of a. Um, interactive show in a way, you know, where he's, they're talking to the, uh, they're talking to the kids from the TV and they're supposed to shout out the answers and they build, they, they learn better and they like it more when they know the answers. So by the third or fourth time that they've seen the same show, they're able to call out the answers and they learn that way. So, you know, when you look at what you were just saying about, you know, repeating stuff and, yeah. and you know, the, the basic moves, what we talk about, the DNA of all of these profit activators is, you know, selecting a target market. That's not going to change. And compelling them to call you is not going to change. And educating and motivating them to meet you. Those are the basics, the baseline of your before unit. And, and it just the more depth that you can get of the understanding of the basics of that is going to be so much more profitable. But I want to say something else, what you were saying about Gary's idea of snowballing things that, you know, I look at them, uh, I talked about as oil wells where, you know, you're, you're taking your R and D money or you're taking your development money and you're, you're developing an oil well that's going to produce hopefully gallons and gallons and gallons of oil barrels of it. Same thing with your, you're going to gush leads from this particular target market. And when I talked about the budgeting for stuff, if you, if you do it where you pick up a, a target market, that's going to have a long-term uh, sustainable need that so you're going to be able to continue to market to them. You don't have to think about having all of the money at once to, to run a campaign for a whole year, you can, um, you know, all you really need is, is I kind of call it the seed money, you know, right. you, because at some point, whatever your buyer life cycle is, your you, the ads that you're spending money on are going to start working and start generating five times, seven times, 10 times the amount of money that you spend on them. And as soon as you get your first transaction in most places, you've got, you've recaptured the money that you invested in the first place to, to get that. And now, you know, once that is, once you recapture that money, it's like, it becomes this self-funding oil well that's funding itself from the, the money that you are generating from using it. And that's the point where you let that continue to, to, uh, pump and you go over and you take the initial money and invest it in creating another oil well, which could be your second target market. Because then whenever that's one of the big confusions that people have when they talk about narrowing your focus to a single target market. And I always say, 
at a time, one target market at a time. You're not saying that you're going to limit yourself to one target market forever. You're going to limit yourself when you're creating an oil well, that you're creating one oil well at a time, and then you go on to another one. You can have as many as you want. Well, see, and and that's where where the the challenged, creative, artistic mind uh, of many innovative entrepreneurs, you know, the non-innovators are easier to actually get to do this than Mm -hmm. the the creative ones, because the creative ones, like, like me, you know, I'm very, I would consider myself very innovative, very creative uh, from the standpoint of I'm, I'm always, there's a side of me that loves just figuring out new things. I do and, too, yeah. Cracking up with the stuff. codes. Yeah, yeah. And, and part of that is, 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 is having, you know, having the ability to say, well, you know, it, it's just not that you're not going to be able to do all those things. You just can't do them all right now. Because like our right. friend Mary Ellen, who we just had lunch with, Mary Ellen Trivi, uh, she'll be a future guest on I Love Marketing. Um you know, she, she has that great line, one thing done equals money, uh, five things undone equals no money. And right. one, one selected target market really gone deep with, right. not shallow, equals lots of money. Like that well is going to be profitable to the degree that you can go deeper and deeper and get to, because it builds up more pressure. Yeah. And in some cases, when you start going farther down the well to where most people are not willing to lurk, not willing to figure out where to go, that's where the gold is. Sometimes you go all the way. Yeah. gold mines are very, very deep. Yeah. But most people, they don't. They're, they're so shallow, trying to dig up a bunch of treasures versus really going really deep. But see, here, here's the key difference, though. And and one of the things that that I, I really want to make clear, you know, marketing doesn't have to be like that seven year bamboo tree where that's where image advertising and brand building comes in. Where you're like, oh, keep getting name recognition. Yeah. You just funnel all this money, and then one day. You know, it's going to sprout and you're going to be well-known. And, 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 and every once in a while that does happen. Yeah. The, you know, it's like the, the persistence thing. Keep at it, keep at it, keep at it. <laughs> never give up, never give up, never give up, which is good advice in a certain context, but terrible advice in like an advertising world. Because, yeah. you know, it's like the best way to get out of a hole is to quit digging it. Right. And if you're digging a hole and it ain't going <laughs> anywhere, anyway. go dig somewhere else. Right. Dig with a different shovel. Dig in a different area. You know, that sort of thing. So, so part, so part of it is, you know, we want you to have the seven second, you know, tree. If you can run an ad, uh, and and boom, you can immediately see, like on the internet, that oh, people are visiting the site, people are opting in, you know. But sometimes, like you take, I love marketing. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're at a marketing conference right now. There's about 900 people at this conference, and me and Dean, like so many people here, know us. Mm -hmm. I, I would have to probably venture to say that about 600 of the 900 people here have listened to something for me and you in the yeah. past because we can't go 10 feet without someone right. like, you know, saying something and great. I mean, I like it. It's yeah, really yeah. cool. You know, and, and at the same, at the, at the same time, I've had probably, you know, 20 people ask me, so when do you, you know, what's your monetization model for right. I love marketing? Right. It, 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 it's hard for them to hear. Well, you know, we're just putting good content out there. Yeah. We're just having conversations with people. We're just talking about stuff we talk about all the time. And, you know, at some point, you know, People will want to buy stuff from us. You know, they can't figure it out. And so, But we see, we have the luxury of being able to put some time into something here that may not financially come back to us in many cases for a very long time because we have all these other wells we've already set up. Yeah. You've got your money-making websites. I've got Piranha Marketing. I've got my 25K group. Yeah. You've got your e-books. Yeah. I mean, you know, oh, yeah, yeah. And, and that's what we're talking about here. The, the thing is, is no matter how creative and artistic you want to be, if you select a single target market, you get it right, you have it producing a great ROI, and you get that bad boy working, 
You just crank it out, yeah. and then once you got that machine running, boom, you can start another one. Yeah. And that's what we want for everyone. And, and that's why we're going to continue to redundantly talk about some of the things, because if you don't get the fundamentals right, you know, it, it doesn't matter. And, and see, the beauty of this is I had someone come up to me who has been literally reading or listening to my stuff. He came to my very first marketing conference. Uh-huh. He, he told me, he goes, I've been following you for 20 years. And the funny thing is that's not possible because I didn't start <laughs> really studying yeah. marketing until 1992. And at the time we're doing this, it's, you know, almost at the end of uh, 2011. Yeah. You know, we're getting towards the end. And so I, but, but I knew he'd been, you know, followed my stuff for a long time. And he said, you know, I've been listening to, I love marketing and I love it because I've heard all this stuff before, which he really hasn't heard it all before. Right. But he said, I've, I've heard all this stuff before. And it's just reminding me of things that I used to do that I quit doing. Thank you so much. I love it. You know, and so yeah, yeah. in a lot of ways, you know, if, if this serves no other purpose other than just to continually remind people that is huge value. Yeah. Oh, it really is. What is Chet? You know, it's like Chet Holmes says about the, you know, becoming a karate master or becoming a marketing master really is the same translation. It's not about knowing 8,000 moves. It's about the eight moves, the eight profit activators. Yeah, we're doing them 8,000 times. times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That's yeah, what, what it is, really is about. Yeah, I heard like the whole thing about, I don't know what, I can again hear him you know, trying to talk about things I know nothing about, like martial arts. Uh, <laughs> I, I went to Tim through Tim Larkin's training, yeah. which is target focus training for three so days. So you could kill is, me with your bare hands right you know, now? Supposedly. If you uh, jump right over here. <laughs> I may do it. I just yeah. may do it. Uh, but then, you know, I'd have to find someone else to do. I love working. I could, or I'd have to do them all myself, which, you know. And, uh, you know, dude, I got to tell you, I did, you know, last week's episode all by myself. And it's yeah, like, almost. Uh, That's because we had a recording problem. Yeah, yeah. one knew the real, the real story right. behind that. But I gotta tell you, like, it's so much nicer doing it with you. Like, it's so much, <laughs> it's so much easier to have the, the, uh, conversation than it is to, cause you know, if you're doing it on your own, you gotta like outline stuff and think, you know, well, kind of think through what you're gonna. Well, yeah, and it's easy with me because about. I'm like a continual pattern. Right, exactly. ADD tangents and, <laughs> you know, the whole squirrel thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. yeah. So I'm glad you're back. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. But what was I going to say? I think it was, I don't I, remember. I, can't remember. I think I was well, Tim Larkin. You talking about oh, killing yeah. me? Oh no, no the the uh, the thing about you can you know learn uh, you can try four thousand moves. Yeah. you know once, or you can try you know four moves four thousand you know right. four thousand times, and what's going to make you better, right. and what's going to have less complexity. And so part of this too is not trying to narrow people's ability to do a bunch of things. I mean, we're, we're really wanting to save time. Mm-hmm. We're wanting you to be effective. There, there's a big difference between activity and accomplishment. And I think most people spend they're mired in tons of activities trying to do a bunch of stuff. But until mm-hmm. there, there's nothing sweeter than when you have a marketing system, when you have a process that you have put in place and it actually works. I mean, that you know, every marketer that for the first time when they, when they started having someone respond to their robotic marketing methods, like, you know, they, you know, say if you sell eBooks, you know, the first time you actually made an eBook and you didn't have to do any manual labor, oh. there's a, there's a switch that, that goes off in your head where you're like, ah, I get it. And the people that become great marketers that become wealthy in this sort of business yeah. are, they have that moment. And once they have that moment, they either harness it yeah. or they don't pay attention to it and they go off into their own habitual patterns of how they used to do things. I have a friend who uh, I won't name I won't name her name, a uh, wonderful person. What does it rhyme with? 
Well, no, no. The, the reason I want to do is she just no, had some very tragic things that have happened recently to her. And she made a comment, though, because she recently had a child, uh, you know, uh, and uh, she said to me, she said, you know, I used to be on the road selling and speaking and traveling all the time and, you know, having the child, you know, force me to actually have to figure out doing a lot. And this is a very skilled marketer, doing a lot more robotic stuff. And, um, you know, she said, she goes, and it, it forced me to have to figure out how to do, you know, a lot of online right. videos and things that I was doing, but I wasn't really going deep with them. And she goes, my profits this year are up 20%. Right. I'm traveling way less. Yeah. And, and my life is just, you know, in that area, much easier. Yeah. She's had some crazy stuff happen, uh, you know, the last the last couple of months. Uh, but it's like, just that comment really, mm-hmm. really hit me. It's like, you know, yeah, if you, if you really, you, you almost have to take two steps back in order yeah. to go 10 steps forward with this marketing. You there's, know? Yeah, you know, that kind of reminds me because one of the things that I do, I always look at leverage. Like, where can you, um, you know, because my whole life, I build my business stuff around supporting my lifestyle. I think I've all, I've had that stance. I mean, I've always taken that approach. And so that needs leverage. You need leverage to be able to, to do that. And so I always look at, there's four things I look at for leveraging. And the first thing that I look at leveraging is ideas. Uh, like a better idea is the ultimate leverage. If you're doing something like, well, we just had breakfast with John Benson and yeah. we're talking that we're going to actually do a, an episode with him today. But so, you know, we were talking about his, um, you know, he was doing a, a regular sales letter for his, uh, for some of his uh, eBooks and getting a 1% conversion rate. Right. It took the same stuff that's in the letter, the same, uh, the same concept and turned it into a video sales letter, which is an idea. Yeah. I'm going to try a video sales letter and bumped his response to 6%. So six times leverage on the same amount of visitors that are coming without doing anything else. You flip it, you turn it into a video sales letter. Just using that idea got you six times leverage. That it's profound, but it doesn't, doesn't cost any more money to, to leverage ideas, having a better idea, studying the things that we talk about on these podcasts, maybe going back and scouring the transcripts for the word for word stuff that we share with people, um, you know, and really taking that idea and applying it to what you're already doing is, is really a, a, a power move. I mean, it's really the ultimate kind of, of leverage. So I look at that because ideas are the least, uh, expensive thing, but they're sometimes the most valuable thing that you could leverage. And the next thing I look at leveraging is technology. What can I do to replace myself out of this equation by replacing myself with technology? That could be a, a f- recorded message. That could be a, a website, a video, uh, something that you can capture your idea, capture your um, thought, whatever whatever it is, capture it and duplicate it without you having to be involved in it. Then the next thing I look at leveraging is money because sometimes money is the easiest thing to actually leverage, but you have to have the idea and the technology set up to automate the process that 
like I, I mentioned all of the realtors, the easiest way for the people who are spending $10 a day on their, uh, on their website and making more, you know, making money from it, making a multiple, most times 15, you know, 10, 15 times the amount of money that they spend is what they get back uh, when they follow the, the system. The easiest way for them to get double the results is to spend $20 a day on what they're already doing. And so I just had this conversation with a realtor client who's, you know, running our listing system and getting a 10 times return on every dollar that he spends on, on doing that. And we just talked about, we were doing some planning for 2012 for him and made the decision that what, you know, what, what if you send out twice as many postcards, you just pick, twice as big an area. There's the fastest, easiest way for him to bank in advance on for 2012, doubling the results that they're getting from their, from their listing efforts. And then the final thing that you leverage is other people. Because if I can, if you can leverage with an idea, you can leverage with technology, you can spend more money and just do those three without having to get other people involved. That's fantastic. But the biggest, you know, if you really want to go even bigger, if you can get other people to do the parts of these, of this before unit that, you know, require a human element, that's, that's what you're going to look at there. And so that's a, it's a big, um, it's a big thing. I've been meaning to ask you about your, uh, your easy button, because that, uh, you know, when I talk about the leveraging with, uh, with people, you know? Oh, yes, yes. Um, I, for years, you know, I've had, like, great, you know, people on my team. Yeah. Uh, but for work, you know, I, I, it, it is funny because I actually came back from Burning Man. You know, mm-hmm. people that don't know what Burning Man is, it's kind of a freak show out in the middle of uh, a playa in, outside of Reno, Nevada, a couple hours outside of Reno. BurningMan.com if you want to see this nonsense. But anyway, so uh, if you want to see a really funny video of me on uh, YouTube, uh, one day maybe we'll take it down because it's kind of crazy. It's it's uh, it, it is truly crazy. I mean, I'm wearing I've never worn any sort of outfit like that in my entire life. But if you type in uh, Joe Polish, well, you're wearing it Bernie right now. Man. Yeah, I'm wearing what? it. Right now. Yeah, <laughs> you got to see that. Don't, don't even say what it is. It's like we should put it on the. Maybe we should put the uh, video on. Uh, yeah, that would be kind of risky. <laughs> Anyway, you want to buy it. only for the people who listen yeah, and remember. Yeah, yeah, you have to go to uh, YouTube and type in Joe Polish, Burning Man, and uh, Annie, A N N. There we go. I okay. guess so if you put those keywords in, because yeah. there's other videos up there. But anyway, that one's pretty funny. I came back and, you know, I'm, uh, and I was actually, um, you know, unpacking and doing a bunch of stuff, and I'm like, why am I doing this stuff? Right. So, so basically, you know, you have this whole concept of uh, an easy button where right. you actually hire someone. Yep. So I went out and I hired myself an easy. Yeah, there we Except, go. But we'll, we'll talk. We'll talk about that more in depth. I want it because there's something on my mind that you said about you know money, spending money, and one of the things that I learned early on is that great effective marketing never costs anything. It mm-hmm. always brings you more. You know, yeah. when you're talking about you know uh, leverage uh, and you're talking about rolling out, you know, to use a bunch of analogies in the beginning of this episode. I've always loved the slot machine where. Yeah. Instead, you know, you talk about predictability. Yeah. Well, like the, the slot machine that instead of it being gambling, which is what most 
advertising is for many people. Yeah. They just don't know. You know that famous line, you know, 50% of my yeah, advertising right. is working. I just, I just don't know which half. Yeah, but what if you did know, yeah. right? What if you knew, like, where every penny yeah. was attributable to, and you went to a slot machine, not like the slot machines that actually the odds are against you, but you actually had one that was rigged in your favor, and because you knew how to make it work, and you put in a dollar, and you pull the handle, and five bucks would, you know, you would keep shoving dollars in there as quickly and as frequently as you could. And people that have effective marketing systems, and we know many of them, yeah. we've had them in our own businesses, you can build it to a certain degree. You will create a slot machine, and it will crank out X number of dollars. You know, and I wish there was an endless one. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. I'm yet to... to, to well, you know, I would see an example. It's like, you know, it's like it, you can... Uh, it's like having a vending machine that that sells ten dollar bills for one dollar. Right, right. right. You and, put and, in a and dollar and you get back ten. And, and, and when I say an endless one, I mean there are times where you know uh, this is not like you're going to set one up and then you never you you know set it and forget it is always has a time limit. Meaning ads mm-hmm. will grow tired, things will happen in the marketplace. Mm-hmm. You know the the dangers, opportunities, and strength of the of the prospects. And, you know, which is Dan Sullivan terminology. The DOS issues of your clientele and your prospects will change. So, you know, you always want to be on top of this. However, you really can create a slot machine that works in your favor, and it's never spending money. And one of the things that I I literally want to, like, slap people sometimes, or they're like, oh, I just don't want to spend that much money. And it's like, okay, let me get this right. You implemented a marketing strategy that I taught you. It cost you about a thousand bucks. You just brought in ten thousand dollars this month, and you're hemming and hawing about spending or doubling that or tripling right. that. Take the ten grand and reinvest it. It's like yeah. I mean, you're just going to double or triple or quadruple. That's how you get rich. Yeah. And and one thing that annoys the shit out of me, I mean, really annoys the shit out of me, is like I have friends, and so do you, where we will give these people advice or we will give them connections. They will be within our sphere of influence and they will go out and they will make a lot of money. And these same people won't buy our stuff yeah. because they're our buddies. We right. met them somewhere, you know, right, whatever, right. or they're colleagues. And they'll be like, you know, and I was talking to Eunice today. I was, uh, I was leaning over and it was this, this person that got onto the stage that I made the introduction and this person got the speaking gig and it's going to make this person six figures. And this same person Already has reached, you know, a million dollars in, in, in revenue as a result of many things that I taught this person. Great person. You know, nothing to take away as the person. And, you know, I was, and there's a side of me where I'm like, I don't know if it's a reciprocity issue or whatever. Right. You know, look, there's, I think I do plenty of random acts of kindness just for right. the sake of doing it. But there's right. other things where I'm like, you know, hey, I'm going to teach you something. And, you know, if you go a little deeper with what I'm doing, you're even going to do better. And I said, you know, look how much money this person has made as a result of me. And this person's never given me a penny. I go, but what never occurs in their mind is, God, how much better would I do if I actually gave Joe money? Yeah. I mean, he's already right. gone the bat for me at this level. And it's not because I really need that person's money. What, what, I'm, like, what, what I'm annoyed by is just the moronic like fact that they don't understand that. Yeah. Like, and, and that's the biggest challenge when you, like, one, and we talked about that. That's one of the biggest challenges with I Love Marketing free is is a lot of people if they don't pay they don't pay attention and so you know there's 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 a thing to be said that if you really want to replicate yourself you really want to leverage yourself with what you just said you know uh, ideas uh, technology money and other people as as much as you can in the money issue once you start getting results from the marketing that you're using reinvest more money into it because if, it, if you really set it up right it's never going to cost you anything that's the fastest 
like Dan Kennedy talks about it all the time. If you want to beat the pants off your competitors, the more you're able to spend money to acquire a client and go deep with that, that's how you buy speed. You buy speed. I mean, literally, if you want to grow, you have to invest that money. And so my message here, and to the the best that I can convey it, is don't be one of those people that's always trying to get a deal on, on, you know, growing your marketing Mm -hmm. or whatever. Look at what the ROI is. And if if every time you spend X, you're bringing back more than X, then spend X as much as possible. Not recklessly, not foolishly, intelligently. Yeah, strategically. Yeah. Yeah. So... And then the other thing you said about other people, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, talk about that because you well, were talking about one easy, of the things. Yeah, talk, talk about, about the easy button that you know. It's funny as entrepreneurs, you and Mary Ellen was talking about this today too. That as entrepreneurs, you you have activities, and some of the activities yield money, and some of them don't. That's the only real distinction that you make. But you're in complete control of when. You will do those activities and what activities you engage in. You know, you look at that most people have 16 hours in a day, a waking day, and it just it's it's painful to see people value or think strategically about the business hours that they spend and then be so, you know, recklessly uh, blind about the personal hours that they right, spend, right. you know, and right. you so they're spending time doing things that somebody else could do for $10 an hour. Exactly. I mean, you, you look at the things that, that you, um, that you have to do to keep your life going, you right. know, like going to the grocery store and getting gas in your car and washing your car and, and going to pick something up or waiting for a repair man or, you know, all these things that are, are time that is completely, you know, not your best and highest use, you know, it's, it has to be done and you, you do them most of the time. I was, you know, I keep people, um, had this concept I was, I was talking with one of our realtor clients in, in Florida and saying, you know, what had her go through a uh, list of her time and see where she's actually spending her time and, and categorizing the activities as like queen activities, princess activities and ugly stepsister activities, you know, funny. where you're looking at like the queen things are things that are, what Dan Sullivan would call unique ability things where you're the, it's you you enjoy it. You're the best at it. You're it's the thing that brings the most value, both in your personal life and in your professional life, spending quality time with your kids, spending time on listing appointments or negotiating contracts. Those are all queen activities, right? And then on the next level, there's things that you do that are, uh, things that you maybe you enjoy doing them. They're not the highest, uh, best use. You could have somebody else do them, but you kind of enjoy them. And then there are things that are ugly stepsister things that, you know, like it doesn't. I, I, I just wrote, I'm thinking the male version here. I'm making notes of this going, right. I can turn this into a tool. King, prince, dipshit, stepbrother. <laughs> <laughs> oh, exactly. Um, yeah, the whole, uh, you know, the whole thing is just eliminating all of the ugly stepsister right, things, right, right. you know, that are that, that anybody could do. It's like, uh, 
you know, this is where when we talk about people saying money doesn't buy happiness, and you always say, you know, you, your idea is looking at money as freedom tickets, right? Right, right. And right. That, I look at this too. It's like I look at our, our, I look at, you know, I keep saying our, our easy button because that's exactly the way we look at it is just like those staples uh, buttons. That was easy. You know, this, the whole idea. Um, I should probably tell that story because I don't know whether I've even talked about. Have we talked about easy buttons? Um, uh, we we have a little bit. Okay, but, but, but go ahead and yeah. let, me, let me say from uh, when we're done with that, I'm going to make a note. We're going to talk about Operation Money Side. Right. See, you, see, I, I did everything I can to divert you from yeah. the original mission here. Of. Uh, but it, I think we've covered what we... Well, that's what Operation Money Suckle fit right into yeah. it. And the easy button fits right into it. Because, um, you know, so my... Um, at my uh, One of the guys that works, the guy who does all the design work for, for I Love Marketing, Jesse, got me an easy button one year for Christmas. And I had it in the house and we kept it by the door. And every time we'd walk in, and kind of press the button. And they go, that was easy. And so I, I was saying one day, wouldn't it be cool... If we actually had a real easy button, you could just push the button and, and it's done. And so I, you know, started thinking, well, what kind of things would I have them do? And, you know, like going to the grocery store and I don't even think about it as the activity of going to the grocery store. I think about them in terms of what I call them vignettes. Like I think about that. What I always want is the, uh, the, a bottomless supply of, of water. Or drink that Fiji water. So right by the yeah. fridge, it's always stacked. If you really cared about the environment, There's, you wouldn't even be drinking that much bottled water. You have a nice filtration system. Oh, there you go. No, I'm kidding. Uh, so the, oh, the water is always there. That there's always the the foods that we like in the fridge at all times. We never run out of anything. You realize how quickly something goes. That my car would never run out of gas or be low on gas. I'd never have to get it. It would always be clean. It would always have all you know, no stuff gathered up in it. My office would always be tidied and and clean and have this you know all the bottled water and the snacks and the like, like these. Uh, Mixed nuts and and all that stuff would always What's be the deal there. With food, everything has to be a well, technology. <laughs> <laughs> and so we found Courtney, who you know, for she was she was not happy at her at her job. She was you know looking for something to do. She's a great girl, and so you know, Courtney does <laughs> everything. <laughs> no, no, I mean, he's looking for something better to no, do. No, no, yeah, 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 but I mean, but th- that's the thing is that there are people who like they're she's just so she's thrilled to be a personal assistant. She right. loves that. Right. And she's like proud of that. And 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 it gives her a variety of things to do. You know, I'm building a little uh, a little project at my office and she's running around getting, you know, uh, fabric samples and you know, ordering things and and so you start to think about uh, all the things that you could eliminate you things, things that you, that you just want to basically offload all of these these horrible things to someone else and pay them less money than you would make to do this. Exactly. Even if you're not doing anything productive with the time, doing nothing is better. Than is doing. better than you spending know, let, the time let me say something because nothing gives you the space. <laughs> To think about what you could apply to your before unit, how you could create. You know, if you take that time, most people are so busy in their during unit doing the business that they don't have time to invest in creating 
a before unit that can, you know, completely uh, change the, the course of their business. It could change their life, but they don't have the time or the space. But if you start eliminating all of these things, that's really a great place to, to start. And, you know, you think about, well, people think, well, I, you know, I'm not in a position where I can do that, but, you know, good grief. If you, if you can find, you know, five hours a week of stuff that you're doing right now that you don't have to do, you spend $50 a week to have somebody do that stuff and use that five hours instead of you doing all of those things, investing that time in creating a, a before unit, mm-hmm. that's, that's really where it all comes from. Well, yeah. And, and one of the things I was going to say, cause I was kind of like joking about, um, you know, oh, you're making someone else do all this work you don't want to do is if it's like lesser mortal stuff. And you know, <laughs> the, 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 the reality is that one thing I learned from Dan Sullivan early on is that there's no bad work in the world. There's right. just bad work for certain people doing it. Meaning now that's not to say a lot of people don't hate their jobs, hate what they do, want something better. You made, you know, I made that joke that, you know, I want to point this out where you're like, so she was looking for something to do, and you're like, no, no, she's looking for something better to do. Yeah. Well, see, that's, that's all, we're all looking for something better to do. Yeah. I mean, the whole reason you're listening to I Love Marketing is you're wanting to better your best. Yeah. I mean, even if you're doing awesome, you want to do better. You know, it's just one of the things about an achievement, uh, accomplishment-oriented individual is they want more, and they want to do things better. And people that try to, you know, everything in life is about more. And anyone that wants to deny they don't want more love, more money, more growth, right. more happiness, more, you know, better weather. I mean, you know, whatever it is, more entertainment, you know, you, you want more. And so the, the, the thing is, is like you, one of the traps that entrepreneurs get in is they compare what their level of success is. And they're like, well, I would never want to do that. And so they feel guilty about actually right. other people doing it. And so they end up doing it themselves. Mm. I mean, that's one of the traits of the rugged individualist. Well, I, you know, I don't want to clean up, you know, I can't, God forbid I would make someone else do this. Whereas someone else doing that, that might be a godsend to them. They may love it. You know, Dan Sullivan has this person uh, who he'd always told me, she just loves to clean. And I've stayed at Dan and Bab's home yeah. I, a lot of times, you know, when I go to Toronto and stuff, I'll, I'll stay with them. And this woman, it's true. I mean, she like wants you to leave laundry. I mean, she wants messes. She really enjoys cleaning stuff up. Yeah. And, and I mean, she is happy as can be yeah. being the, the caretaker of their home. Yeah. And some people, you know, I would never want to do that work. Well, Dan elevated my thinking about this whole easy button too, because his, you know, when, when we were talking one time and he was sharing how his, the, the vision, the, the framework that they work from for creating their support environment is that they didn't want to do anything at home that they would do or they wouldn't do if they were staying at the four seasons right that's their whole their home life is based around not doing any more than they would do if they were staying at the four seasons and that's that's kind of great because it totally fits. They've got a beautiful environment. They've mm-hmm. got, you know, great support. And they work well and they function yeah. well in that environment because they're allowed to think better, kind of yeah. like what you were saying. And so what Operation Money Suck is, is a term that uh, John Carlton came up with, and, and it's used in, in, in a marketing context. And we talk about it on our interview with John Carlton. So if you want to listen to that episode with John, just do a search for John Carlton on ilovemarketing.com. The um, one thing that I will say, though, is like if you want to make 100 bucks an hour or $1,000 an hour and you find yourself uh, doing $10 an hour work, 
then it's not just that you are doing $10 an hour work, which really isn't a good use of your time. For every hour that you spend invested in that $10 an hour work, you're ripping up, if, if say your goal is to right. make 1000 bucks an hour, you're ripping up $990 an hour. So it's not what it's costing you for the easy button. It's what you're throwing away. It's mm-hmm. what it's, it's the opportunity it's what it, it cost. really is what it it's is, costing you. It is what you. it's costing you. <laughs> yeah. No, my, my point yeah. is, like, it's, it's like, you know, people are like, oh, God, you know, I can't afford to do this, hire this person, run this market. Can you afford not to? Right. I mean, if you really want to reach the goals, is it really an expenditure? Right. So, so part of what, what, what I hope this has done for everyone on this episode is really, you know, jarred their thinking, given them per, some perspective, really help them to, you know, select a single target market. It really is about about focusing on ROI. Yeah. What is what is your advertising really producing? Because like you do not know how much you can afford to spend to acquire a client until and unless you know how much they're actually worth. That's something that Jay Abraham right. always talk about. And the same thing goes with your own human time. You know, how much is your time actually worth? And the ultimate leverage, and you kind of said it, I mean everything that we talk about can be looked at these four types of leverage, you know, ideas. Uh-huh. So hopefully we've given you some ideas and some technology, different ways to do things, money, the uses, and, and leveraging yourself through other people. Yeah. Those Which is really ones. money too. Yeah. I mean, we, we think about that with other people. It's just a little bit more of a step involved in finding the person, but it, it really comes down to money too. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, that's just another way of, of leveraging money. But I always look, if I can, if I can leverage money that's not attached to other people, First, that's a that's a that's a win you know, in my mind. Totally, yeah. And so let's. That's why I, I put them in that order. Yeah, yeah. So we're, we're gonna put, we'll put some accompanying videos with this episode, mm-hmm. one or two, whatever. Yeah. And uh, and then you know why don't you kind of wrap up and we'll go sure. full circle and then yeah. we'll do a, as we do follow up episodes. We'll continue to uh, you know yeah. talk, talk about we're gonna talk about the same things over and over. We really are, but we want in different levels. Like this one, you know, I really wanted to kind of set the stage philosophically about what your before unit, what the role of the before unit is in your business. And it's really your first level of freedom. You know, it's the, it's the level of being able to um, create as much money as you want in your business. It's whatever is going to drive your your business nothing is going to drive the profitability more than deploying a killer before unit yeah. and and spending as much as you possibly can on that because you're looking at it that it's a money multiplying machine now you know all that said the you know the prerequisite for really ramping up your before unit is that you've got a during unit that can accommodate an increase in business. So, you know, so maybe one, of a, a, a very soon, a new episode we could do is talking about the during unit and the importance of really creating a high speed, low drag system that can process all of the new business that you are uh, capable now of generating because it's so often the biggest, uh, the biggest thing that people you know, spend money on, on ramping up their before unit and then their business kind of blows up because they can't accommodate. I can't tell you how many times, you know, we've had people, um, you know, run an ad, do, do a campaign, get more leads than they can handle and feel more overwhelmed 
because of it. So it's a, it's a beauty of like one, th- one joke I would always say to my uh, Piranha members when they would join is, is one of the big issues is they would uh, all of a sudden start having management issues because all this business is coming in. And right. And I, and I would always say, well, look, you know, first I'm here to create some management problems for you yeah. along as some cash is coming in. But at the same time, you can get too many leads. You can't yeah. get too much business. And in, in, in the worst case scenario, people have gone to jail because they've made promises and they've been unable to fulfill. And they, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it, and now of course, I don't think anyone, uh, you know, unless you're, you're, you're really not paying attention, is going to, Use mar- it's not the marketing that makes you go to jail. It's the ability to d- deliver right. on stuff. And, and a lot of people have great, you know, before. that's why it's a three-tier thing. You mm-hmm. know, it's, it, it really is. It's before, during, and after. And if you have all those units of your business really solid, you have a very solid business. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's absolutely true. And that's when you said that, too, and I, have, well, I don't know if we've really talked about the, the distinction of the before unit of your business and thinking of your business modularly like that. Like if you could almost imagine that the before unit of your business is completely separated from the during unit, that the, the before unit is really like operating and the customer of the before unit is your during unit. You know, they're a supplier to the during unit because a lot of times you know intermingling getting people um you know involved in in running both of them you know do it the before and the during and the after it becomes kind of uh you know the during always ends up taking priority because that's where all the urgency happens but you know if you can imagine and start thinking about creating this separate unit, even if you imagine it either physically or metaphorically in another building, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that that's the, if, if all they're focused on is doing their part, the part of the before unit is delivering, you know, leads or appointments to the, uh, to the during unit. That's the, that's the ultimate win. Exactly. That's what I'm trying to say. And so I will. I will end this episode because I want the last word, and I don't want you to have it. Uh, I, I will end this episode. We won this episode by uh, reminding you to, if you are new to I Love Marketing, go back and listen to some of the original episodes. Even in, in, in most people will forget this. I will say it though: the, the stuff we talk about here is really principle-based fundamentals. And 10 years from now, if you can remember this, uh, you know, six months from now, a year from now, if you went back and listened to some of these episodes, you'll hear it in a different way. And the transcripts are available for you. And, you know, I mean, just it would be smart for you to to really reference these things. It's you'll be much better off instead of reading a book or listening to an episode to really master something. I, people, should, I think, would be much better served to spend less time reading and consuming tons of information and would be better off really mastering strategies, processes, methodologies. And so uh, that's what our hope is for you. And, and uh, so thank you for listening to this episode. Please give us your comments on ilovemarketing.com and tweet and Facebook and Google Plus and whatever other... Carrier Pigeon. Whatever, yeah. Smoke Signals. However you want to get this out to all of your friends, loved ones, yeah, you name it. Tattoos. Um, whatever works, tell everyone about I Love Marketing because you owe it to us. You really do. I love marketing.com.